Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. So now Posey ranges away and Ballinger throws it so high. There are some intangibles that those projections failed to take into consideration. The crowd was going crazy. There's not much in life that's better than that. You're listening to Garlic Fries and Baseball Guys on the 95.7 The Game Podcast Network. Hello there. Welcome back to the Garlic Fries and Baseball Guys Podcast. Sam Loveman here with Joe, the Butcher Boy Shasky for episode 57. Shasky, uh, it's 57, the 1957 Giants. We're not a very good team, but they did get a pretty good season out of Willie Mays. 38 home runs, 35 stolen bases, hit 333. And after all that, New York was like, yeah, get out of here. Head to San Francisco, which is totally what happened. It definitely wasn't the other way around. Uh, But yeah, here we are uh, coming out of the uh, Minnesota Twin Series. 57 is also, I think, the uh, number of uh, F-bombs that we dropped back in December after we found out that Carlos Correa was not going to be a giant. And the Giants got their first look at Correa up close since then. And uh, why don't we start there, Shasky, as the Giants take two or three against the Twins. We got to see Carlos Correa, and he didn't didn't really do much. And uh, he might be going on the IL uh, as soon as tomorrow. So I guess to start things off, is it fair to say the Giants maybe dodged a bullet with not signing Carlos Correa? Ah, uh, you know, I, I want to go back to 57 because now I'm thinking <laughs> about great 57s. I'll get to Correa in a second. All I'm right. looking at all the Giants who have worn 57. You can't think of one Giant who wore 57. Really? Well, in fairness, I didn't really look up any Giants for 57. I, I try to find different numbers for our, our episode numbers instead of just jersey numbers. Uh, 57. Let me give you a couple. Let me Why, give you a couple. I want to see if I can guess one some reason, Jack Tashner is popping in my I don't see Tashner head. on here. I don't oh. see Tashner on here. That would be really cool, though, if he was. Like, just get that one out of nowhere. I love that. No. <laughs> okay. Rich Aurelia wore 57 in 95. Felipe wow. Crespo. Jerome Williams. Puka Shells. Remember him? I do remember Jerome Williams. Eugenio Velez. Ryan Rollinger. And then it was donned by my guy, Johnny Sanchez. Chad Godin. Juan Gutierrez. Matt Reynolds, and then here's a couple more recent ones. Derek Rodriguez and Alex Wood. It's actually a number that's been worn a few times. Some pretty solid pitchers on that last on that list, too. Uh, Jerome Williams, Jonathan Sanchez, Chad Godin. Uh, 
You said Alex Wood was on there Derek too. Derek Rodriguez, remember him? D-Rod, yeah, D-Rod. He was the, the best part of the 2018 season for a minute. <laughs> uh, we all thought, hey, we might have something new here with, with Pudge's kid, but uh, I think he's he's pitching in a different country now. So um, it's funny that you mentioned Ryan Rollinger. He came up, I think, around 2008. And this yeah. year the Giants were celebrating their 50th anniversary. And uh, all around the promenade level, they had uh, mural, m- murals of all these great Giants from their 50 years uh, playing in San Francisco. And I don't understand why, but for some reason they included Ryan Rollinger in the, in those murals along the third base line. It's just like, it, come on, you've had plenty of good third basemen like Matt Williams, Jim Davenport, among others. How is Ryan Rollinger on the mural of, of great giants players from the 50 years here that, that whenever you say Ryan Rollinger, that's, that's the first name. That really? comes to mind. That's the first thing for something yeah. that comes to mind. Yeah. Not I, what I'm thinking. Carlos yeah. Correa. Look, a couple of weeks, a couple of months on a multi-year deal doesn't make or break a deal, right? No matter mm-hmm. what the deal is now, you know, we can argue till we're blue in the face about whether 13 years is too much for any guy, which was part of my argument regarding Carlos Correa during the winter when there was all of the, you know, should he sign? Is he going to sign? My bigger issue was the way it went down, like the mm-hmm. way it went down, where it felt like he was in another room. You're about to announce it and then you don't announce it and then the whole thing falls apart and obviously the giants and the mets have zero buyer's remorse right now whatsoever like they're so happy that they didn't go into business with carlos correa but i still think he's going to be a good player for them uh and what is a six-year deal that he signed with minnesota six-year deal he said something very weird this week saying like you know maybe i don't want to play baseball six years from now and maybe i want to be a dad and i think people say things to just justify whatever their current uh situation is so i wouldn't take that too serious but i mean doesn't it feel a lot better to not have the the financial cementing of a six to 10 year contract on this team right now? Like it feels very liberating that they've got all these young players and a bunch of one and two year deals, three years for Hanniger, but one Mm -hmm. and two year deals across the board. So you just aren't hamstrung by any big time, horrific deals down the line. So it's not so much the Carlos Correa thing. It's just the giants as a whole. I mean, maybe Farhan did set them up. Okay. Yeah, I think it's fair. I mean, again, the the arrival of Casey Schmidt and the breakout of J.D. Davis, I think, makes it a lot easier to stomach not having Carlos Correa on the roster. If I think if Schmidt's still in the minor leagues, if J.D. Davis is struggling, uh, plus Carlos Correa playing well, then you have a completely different story. But that 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 marriage always felt kind of almost like an arranged marriage, really, when when that deal went down. The Giants and Correa. Yeah, it always felt like I don't want to say it was a fit. I definitely think there was a fit. But it just it felt like it was almost like the Giants couldn't get judged. So let's let's kind of force this Carlos Correa deal to happen. And I remember when the deal happened, you know, we had a week where we're talking about it. And it was just like we're trying to wrap our heads around the 13 year deal, which was going to be by far the longest deal the Giants had ever given to a player. And for me, listen, I'm always down to spend other people's money, especially when it's a billionaire's money. The, the 350 million didn't really bother me that much. The years, though, it was going to the years were weird. 13 years is a long time to commit to a player. And I think you're actually a middle infielder. Exactly. And I do agree with you. It's not so much what happened as it is how it happened. And I just remember it was it was a bizarre 24 hours right up from uh, when I announced it on the morning roast that morning, which 
Amazingly enough, that was the first time I'd ever broken news on this station, by the way, was announcing that the, uh, <laughs> the, the, the press conference was canceled. The email that was sent, it was a very just just a blank email with just, you know, today's press conference has been canceled. There was no letterhead, no anything. It looked like it just been, you know, the only thing that was missing was the text sent from my iPhone. And throughout the day, you're thinking, what's going on? I remember your first thought was it's been going around. You know, like we thought it was like COVID or someone got sick. Yes. And then it just, I remember waking up the next morning and and opening up Instagram and seeing the 95.7 post, Carlos Correa to the Mets. And my first thought was, I'm going to have to get Whitley Sandretto, our, our wonderful social media manager. I'm going to have to get her on the phone and really lay into her for this really sick prank that she's pulling on people. I, I refuse to believe that that's what happened. Then, of course, soon after I did find out. And so, yeah, the, the process was very frustrating. It was very angering. Now, though, looking back in hindsight, I do think that a part of me still thinks that six years, $200 million was doable for the Giants. But you know what? I'm I'm cool with where the Giants are at right now in terms of just kind of settling in on Casey Schmidt and, and rolling with J.D. Davis. Hey, look, you know what? If I have to catch an L on this one, I will. But I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. All these free agents, it feels like, have been kind of stumbling out the blocks. And again, it's we're talking about a percentage of the overall body of work for these deals. But Aaron Judge has been hurt already early on in the season. I mean, okay. Trey Turner's been bad by his own standards and admitted it. He's been booed by the Philadelphia crowd. Xander Bogarts has not been good. You know, I didn't like that deal, particularly for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Gold, uh, Garrett Cole, who's pitching now well for the New York Yankees. I mean, I think if they would have said four years ago that you'd get this Garrett Cole today, they'd say, yeah, we wish we would have had it for the three years prior. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So I think these big-time deals are actually being looked at right now. The rumor that I've been hearing is that baseball is going to put in kind of language the way that the NBA did to maximize contracts, meaning six, seven-year max caps, if you will, on some of these deals to help owners protect themselves. It's like a safety yeah. belt because, you know, you got guys like Cohen who's locked in with his team. His team's going to look horrible in five years. Yeah. Well, I guess the, the theory is if you spend all this money and you get that World Series, are you willing to kind of stomach those bad years? And I think it's it's very easy to say in the moment. Yeah, sure. I'll gladly accept five years of of. Uh, competing for a championship, winning one or two titles, and then dealing with five years of just pulling my hair out watching this team. It's very easy to say that now, but then when the moment comes, yes. you're like, what were we doing? Um, going from Think one about the Giants 2017, 2018, 2019. Mm-hmm. I mean, we felt these labor pains. I think exactly. part of the frustration of Giants fans was that we did have to just kind of bite the bullet and just take it. Yeah, and that's just kind of like a lot of teams try to avoid doing that. It's it's hard to yeah. do. Um, some teams are better equipped for it. Some teams are not. And yeah, it's just the, the nature of the game. You have to deal with those lean times. But when you set yourself up for a really bad situation down the line, it's one of the things that just either got to commit to it like the Mets are doing or do what the Giants are doing and find alternate ways. Now, yeah. uh, going from one shortstop to another shortstop, Chasky, 
we have to have some difficult conversations about Brandon Crawford here because what's the difficult have, part? Well, I think the question is, should he still be in the starting lineup? And I think it's at the point where you look at how J.D. Davis is playing at third base. You look at how Casey Schmidt is playing at shortstop. Tyro Estrada is really establishing himself as a defensive, not a defensive force, but he's playing plus defense at second base. Lamont Wade Jr. has become a very solid uh, defensive first baseman. You're infield right now. Not only do you have four guys who are hitting the ball pretty well, you have four guys who are playing very good defense right now. And uh, we had Dave Fleming on uh, yesterday. He kind of spoke about it a little bit. I'll play that cut in a little bit. But it's to the point where it's like defensively, Brandon Crawford is not your best option on the left side of the infield. And this is a guy who a main reason he's been in the lineup throughout most of his career is the glove is good enough to where you'll deal with whatever shortcomings the bat has. Now you got the bat, the, the offensive shortcomings and the defense. It's just you, you see it at times where like he still has it. But then there's days like yesterday where just simple plays are just eating him up. I mean, he's old. Yeah. <laughs> this is the end of his career, you know? It's kind of sad. Like, to me, I'm more empathetic, and I think it's kind of sad. Should he be a starter every day? I don't think he is a starter every day. I think they do a pretty good job kind of subbing him in and out, and I think they've found creative ways to say he's hurt mm-hmm. and sitting in the dugout. And I think they're going to do the same thing moving forward. I think out of respect to him – they're not going to full out come out and say he's no longer a quote unquote starter. It will just be obvious based on the lineups that they're putting out there every single day. And then what they end up doing with his injury status. I mean, Sam, like he doesn't look like he's in shape. He does look a step slower. I don't think he has a secondary position. Like there's a lot of issues here going on all at once. And then the other part is if you'd want to win games, which we can argue about that. You know, we can still argue mm-hmm. about that. But if you want to win games, I don't think he's your best option. Like, no. that's the sad, hard, cold truth. Yeah. And listen, this does not take away from anything that Brandon Crawford has done in his career. Oh, bro, you guys are on, earlier on the show. We're, we're kind of talking about, you know, in the morning roast this morning. Uh, it is, you know, Thursday, May 25th is when we're recording this podcast. Uh, you were kind of talking about like, where does Brandon Crawford rank among your all time giants, at least in your lifetime? Is he a mm-hmm. top 10? I was thinking about, I don't know off the top of my head if I would put him in my top 10, maybe. But I will say this. I feel pretty confident saying that the best shortstop in the 160-year history of the Giants might be Brandon Crawford overall in terms of just maybe not what the stat sheet says, but just in terms of the overall impact he had on the franchise, the level of play that he kind of brought every day. And then again, you're a centerpiece of two championship teams. And all coming from a guy who grew up as a Giants fan. Like, few Giants players have better stories than Brandon Crawford. Few Giants players have been as impactful on this organization's in their history as Brandon Crawford. Mm -hmm. No Giant has played as many games at shortstop as Brandon Crawford. That's actually a quantifiable fact. Like, Brandon Crawford. And the most gold gloves. Most gold gloves. He is absolutely one of the the pinnacle players of this organization. I don't think you could tell this organization's history without Brandon Crawford. No and his I- legacy is absolutely secured. And yeah, it is it is a bummer that we kind of have to watch him end his career like this when ironically his defense is declining at a time when the rest of the Giants defense is getting a lot better. <laughs> that it very ironic there. Uh you know, but I think there's a lot of wisdom that he can bestow along a lot of these younger impressionable players who are looking up to him. I mean, he look this guy lived the dream, Brandon Crawford. Mm-hmm. Grew up a Giants fan and became shortstop of his home team 
and helped usher in two World Series rings. He wasn't a part of that 2010 team. Um, I mean, in terms of like greatest defensive shortstops in Giants history for individual seasons, Omar Vizquel throws his name into the ring, and mm-hmm. and Richie wasn't the defender that either of those two guys were, but I'd be remiss without mentioning Rich Aurelia or Jose Uribe, not Juan Uribe, Jose Uribe. Obviously, Renneria hit one of the biggest home runs as a shortstop in Giants history. Um, Royce there are Clayton a, never a good defensive shortstop. He was kind of a little bit who? before my Royce Clayton. Royce Clayton was actually a, a good defensive. I think yeah. his best years were in St. Louis. Yeah. Um, if we're being honest, but I loved Royce Clayton. He was a very yeah. good uh, defensive shortstop, but like, again, it's not a long list and look at his body of work. And then when you win at the highest level as a team and you're a key factor, come on, man, y- your legacy is cemented. He's a legend. And I do think, we're going to look back at his career more fondly than we appreciated it in real time. I think there's going to be a generation of younger players of younger fans, excuse me, who are going to remember him the way I remember Matt Williams and Robbie Thompson lovingly. Absolutely. Honestly, I think anyone who's going to be on those teams and again, without getting too controversial, I think Brandon belt will be in there as well. I think his career with the giants will age better as we kind of get further and further away with it. Cause that's just how it always is. But again, I'm not trying to get into a Brandon belt conversation, but no, it's, it's tough right now. Watching Crawford. I you do had think to go belt. I know you, you, had you know to. me. I'm, Why do you do this? Cause I, I was a very avid fighter in the belt wars and I will fight for Brandon belts honor. That guess is what, what the I empire do. struck back. All right. No one misses them. <laughs> But um, it's it. I will miss Brandon Crawford when he is gone. It probably will be next year. I would not. I I'm not going to speculate on what he's going to do with his career. But I do feel like this. We are at the end of of Brandon Crawford's time with the Giants after this season. And I think he likes traveling. I think he likes being in the Bay Area uh, and on the road. I don't know if he's going to be a homebody. Let's just put it that way. That's my sense. It'll be interesting to see what happens there. 